You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Who talks first? Oh, you do. Do I talk first? You do now. Do you talk first? We did this recently. Yeah. This almost exact same segment and referenced that line really? from Star Wars Episode 7. Oh, that's right. I don't know if it's recent, like, <laughs> as far as the release order of these episodes, right. but it is recent in my recording mind. Okay. Because, hey, there's a secret, listeners, you know, behind the magic. Ooh. Like, we record episodes, but then we don't necessarily release them in the same order we recorded them. Yeah. What? No, Josiah, no. We record this immediately <laughs> after church on Sunday, every Sunday. Speaking of every Sunday... We just started a new series. Whoa, segue! It, I feel like I take away from it when I call attention to it, because that was really smooth. I mean, that was excellent. It was pretty spontaneous, too. It wasn't even planned, it right? It was not. And I just ruined the magic by no by calling attention to it. I advocate the peeling back of layers, you mm. know? Let's just peel them back. Just like an onion. Yes. Ogres are like onions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't resist a good Shrek meme. Good I, Shrek reference. I can always resist one. <laughs> Oh, no, you're right. We did. What? What is the series we just Choice kicked at off? Choice at the Movies. Cho- Choice at the Movies. Yeah. You sound like that now? We like, uh, I am. You're like a 1920s from, gangster from there? From here on out until the end of the series for the next six weeks. That's how I'm going to say it. Really? That's my pledge to you. I don't... You don't have to make that a sacred vow okay. if you want to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can call it whatever you want. Choice at the but, Movies. Uh, I'm thrilled because we started out like super strong with a solid, solid film that I just watched again last night. Yeah, you did. Oh, boy. The Greatest Showman. I love it. And what's ironic is that this is not the first musical we've talked about. No, it's not. And it's not the first... Oh, my word. Okay, hold on. So not only is it not the first musical, it's not the first film starring Hugh Jackman. No. It's in fact the third. It is. But it's also, oh boy, it's also the second musical starring Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. We have a problem. <laughs> but he's clearly a friend of the show. Hugh have a problem. Oh See how it, boy, he's not going to come on the Jackman, show now. Hugh, man, what would I, if Hugh Jackman walked in this room right now, I'd squeal. If you're listening out there and you're not busy on that incredible, incredible uh, live show you're doing on the road, um, stop in. We would love to have you. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. Yes, we would. You're welcome to Ryan Reynolds. Mm, yeah. But no, we did. We kicked off with The Greatest Showman, and oh golly, I guess if you uh, if you didn't happen to be around at one of our locations this weekend... Yeah, you seriously missed out. I mean, literally. Yeah, you, you did. Catch up. <laughs> you can't go back. <laughs> End you of story. watch it. It didn't stream. Oh, man. It, but we, you got five more chances. You do. But I hope you got this one. And I'm going to assume... For the sake of our listener base, if you care about our podcast, you probably care about actually experiencing the Sunday morning uh, shindig. So you were there. Yes. And I'm glad. Yes, same. I am also very glad. (laughs) Let me just reiterate how glad I am. (laughs) Say it to make sure it sounds convincing. I am so glad. I'm so happy. (laughs) Feigned enthusiasm. (laughs) No, I really am. That's not a joke. But yeah, so we open with The Greatest Showman and... We did, of course, get to talk through some pretty powerful truths that I think were, in my mind at least, pretty brightly illustrated by that film Mm -hmm. that, of course, come from the scriptures. That was kind of one of the big thrusts of the message is, you know, like all these movies that we're going to cover, these aren't new truths. I mean, a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about, we discover in the scriptures that, you know, oh, God was doing these things first. Like in The Greatest Showman, we get a picture of the way God welcomes and equips those who feel like castaways and gives Mm -hmm. them a home and a purpose and Mm -hmm. the way he forgives people who feel like they've squandered everything. Mm -hmm. So we got to talk through 
a lot of a lot of those moments in The Greatest Showman because there are some pretty powerful moments. Oh, in, uh, in a big way. I was not sorely reminded, but you know what I'm trying to say. I mm. was sorely reminded, but in a good way. <laughs> I wish there was a term that I could use. It probably is of just how poignant so many parts of this film how impactful they are yeah to watch again oh man yeah and at the risk of sounding like oh i can empathize with you know (laughs) you know a little person or you know a bearded lady um i mean one of the things i love about movies like that is i think we all really do at one level or another empathize with characters like that because we all in our own way feel a little bit like castaways and you know it's funny that you would bring that out because you spend this time seeing all these characters who are very visibly marginalized right for most often their physical appearance or what have you and I'd say by and large none of us can relate to that but what we do have are these private things whether anyone even knows about it it's something that we internalize and they're like these private insecurities or things that we could self-marginalize or or things that are just less visible, whether people are quick to see them or not, they kind of eat at you. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I didn't prepare that thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because I think we all feel that way. And then to watch, say, a film like this Mm. and get another picture of a Christ character like P.T. Barnum who comes seeking people like that, going into the shadows and finding them and saying, no, like, you still can have a place to belong and you have a purpose. And, in fact, I can take what you might view as your weakness and the thing that might marginalize you and turn it into a strength. Yeah. Now, of course, the parallels aren't exact because P.T. Barnum is kind of a selfish, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> showman type. But all these powerful moments in this movie and one particularly poignant moment that I'd kind of, I think, like to drill down on mm-hmm. briefly in this podcast, the time we have, that I didn't get to spend really hardly any time at all yeah. on the message comes toward the end of the movie. If you were in the service, you haven't seen it. I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, and we kind of... Sp- <laughs> If you came to the service and you hadn't seen it, the whole movie was kind of spoiled anyway. So, I mean, you know, that's listen at your own risk. But you get to the end of the movie and P.T. Barnum is kind of down in the dumps. Oh, yeah. For obvious reasons. Not only did he just finish jeopardizing everything, he then comes back home to find it all up in smoke. Yes, literally. Literally. <laughs> yes, his, the circus has burned down. He's bankrupt. He's been evicted from his home by the bank. And yeah. then his wife and his children are like, yeah, we're, we're going back. You know, I'm going back to my parents. Exactly. You know, like, woof, that's a bad place to be. I mean, quickly, quickly devolves for him. Yes. That's nightmare territory. Yes. He's feeling like an abject failure, and he ends up back in this bar, as people like that tend to do, you know? Got to go to the bar. And the people from the circus come and find him. These people whom he has once again, he himself is now marginalized. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, I, it's very sad. But these people in the tricks come find him, not to chastise him or not to rub his face in his failure, but mm. to essentially say, we forgive you yeah. and you gave us a family and we want you to get your head back in the game and give us a home again. Exactly. And, and bring us back together. And... At that moment when they come and find him and share this with him, he sings what is, in my humble opinion, probably the most powerful song in the film. I'm inclined to agree. I mean, the first time I watched this movie in the theaters and he started singing this song, well, I was weeping, boy. Mm. Woof, doggy. Mm. I mean, who's surprised by that? Here's my surprise face. (laughs) Wow, Josiah talking about weeping in anything, movie or art or book. But he sings this song and the opening lines go, I saw the sun began to dim. Felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who is there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. Because from that rubble, what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. So incredible. That like, ugh. Gives me chills just to hear it. Right now, I'm like, oh, that is just 
Mm. Yeah. That is so, so good. And strangely enough, those words are almost directly. I don't know if they lifted them, but (laughs) those are almost an exact mirror of the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, when he wrote, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I think that kind of moment, the moment where you're down and you've hit rock bottom and you feel like you're an abject failure, and maybe it is through your own choices, like P.T. Barnum. Oh, sure. It was his own squalid choices. Yeah, that by, led by and large, he dug his own grave there. Yeah, and those moments, eventually, I think a moment like that comes for every one of us. Hmm. There's a moment where we all, whether we've hit it yet or not, a moment where we all have hit rock bottom, or we will hit rock bottom. And it may happen more than once. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and again, I do think we in the West really, really, really go out of our way to try to say, let's just avoid those moments at all costs. <laughs> but here's the thing. Those moments can actually be good. And you have Paul here, and I think he kind of unlocks the reason why for Christians a moment like that is good. When you hit rock bottom, you realize you have nowhere else to go. You have nothing else to offer. There's nothing else you can do mm-hmm. out of your own strength. And P.T. Barnum had that moment, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else he can do. The circus is literally burned to rubble. The banks won't loan him anything. Banks won't loan him anything. His family's gone. What is a man like that to do? What can you possibly do in a moment like that? Nothing. There is nothing you can do except receive the grace of those who are willing Mm -hmm. to give it to you. And man, I'm struggling with even how to say it because I think it's so powerful, but there is something I think you experience of God's grace in a moment like that you just cannot explain. And that it's like Mark Twain once said, there are certain things you can only learn about picking up a cat by the tail by picking up a cat by the tail. Oh my Like, Lord. you know, you could try to explain that, but you're not gonna, you know, you're not actually gonna learn it and know it until you've experienced it. And I think for Christians to say it another way, oh, and I'm trying to remember now who said this. I read this very recently. Uh, I feel bad because now I'm not going to get proper attribution. If anyone knows who said this, please, you know, email us and let us know. This was not my thought. But someone I was reading recently said, so many Christians try to just avoid suffering. They try to live under the illusion that I don't have to hit rock bottom ever, that if I play the cards in my life right, I can live a scot-free, suffering-free life. But really, what life is, is choosing how you're going to suffer, what path of suffering you're going to take and seeing how God will redeem that. For a guy like P.T. Barnum, again, he, I think, hits rock bottom because of foolish choices, right? Sure. It's suffering brought on by his own foolishness. You have a guy like Paul, though. What he says is, he goes on to say, I basically willingly suffered the loss of all things so that I might gain Christ. Hmm. I think there's a place where Christians have to come to this moment where we have to answer the question, are we willing to suffer the loss of all things? Are we willing to understand and see life the way P.T. Barnum did at the end there, where he says, if all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. Because hmm. that's a pretty hard thing to say. Oh, man. And it, actually believe, yeah, right? Yeah. You were going to say something and interrupt. I think I was trying to find the word, so it was probably better that you just carried on. <laughs> I mean, there's an enormity of weight in that to truly have lost everything and then have the perspective to see how much more is there still to gain. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about Barnum's character, just Mm. again, to carry his life as an illustration of this truth. When he says, 
if all was lost. I mean, he had wealth. Mm-hmm. He had fame, status. Yes. All these things that he thought his whole life would satisfy him. And in many ways, fulfilled the expectations of others. Yes. Uh, he even, he states in, in the film, it's like they were another man's dreams yes. that he was chasing. Uh, right. And I mean, that's not, that's so not foreign right. to us, you know, mm-hmm. in the modern day. So, But then to get to that place where it's like, I lost everything that I thought I wanted. Yeah. And somehow having lost in essence, everything, I somehow gained more. It kind of lifted the veil for him. Yeah. In a painful way, but in a profound way. Yeah, like in a way that from then on out changed the arc of his character completely. In a way that could not have been changed any other way. Like if in that movie, suddenly, you know, he has all this stuff, right? All this fame, everything's going well. And then he comes to just this epiphany where he's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> really, here's my first love. No one's going to believe that. We're going to look at that and say, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. He can only experience that. The veil can only be lifted through the realization that, oh yeah, I've lost everything. And that can be a good thing. I say that kind of trepidatiously because then I think about me yeah. losing everything. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> Like all the things that I have. And- well, it, it comes in different forms. Right. You know, perspective of saying everything can mean different things for different people in different positions. But the loss is something that you're guaranteed to feel at some point in your life, if not, you know, more than a few times. Mm-hmm. And it's never something that can't be used yeah. or can't be redeemed in some way. Mm-hmm. I find it very, very poignant, again, to use that word, overusing that word. But especially in this movie, yeah, the whole story of the circus kind of begins with Barnum going and finding Charles, Tom Thumb, the little man there and saying, you know, I want you to be the star of the show. And him seeking him out, finding him, doing that. And then this song, when he sings that line, because it led me back to you, he looks up at Charles. Really? Yeah, he looks up at him. I got chills again. Rather than looking down at him, he's looking up at him. Right, right. like, that's incredible. It's this strange, like, oh, yeah, that's whoa. That's brilliant. That's crazy. I think that's the key to this, is if the Apostle Paul, again, to quote him, he said this, you could suffer the loss of all things, or, you know, I could offer up my body to be burned, but if I don't have love, then it's nothing. And a character like Barnum could have lost everything, and if it just made him bitter and reclusive, and, you know, he went and said, you know, forget you guys, you know, I'm going to yeah. go do my own thing now. If he shut out all that grace they had to offer. Yeah, because that's, that is a hard thing to receive. I mean, we look at moments like that, you know, it makes us want to weep, you know, we think that's so beautiful. But you think about, that's humbling. Deeply humbling, yeah. Because that's, again, a reminder, yeah, I've lost everything and I have nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to give. If this was in an economic system, I would be eternally in your debt. Yeah. But yet you're freely forgiving me, freely offering grace. And so when those moments, like with Barnum, lead us back to Jesus and say, oh, yeah, if all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's, to put it lightly, a major, major win. Absolutely. But I think we have to keep that perspective in mind. Like you almost have to be, dare I say, prepared for that beforehand. You have to have your heart and your mind in such a state that you realize, okay, if I were to lose everything, I still have all the gain in the world if wow. I have Jesus. That's quite an accomplishment of perspective. It is. And I say that as someone who I definitely know I don't yeah. because, uh, if I had a flat tire, I would be like, <laughs> oh, no, why? Or I joked yeah. a few weeks ago in a message, you know, my Amazon Prime package took three days to ship instead of two, you know, <laughs> which is perhaps why Jesus said it is very difficult for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> First world Amazon. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. But all of this was to say that moment, I think if you can lock on 
to a scene like that, even mm. in a movie, that can shine fresh light on a passage like this in Philippians sure, 3, yeah. where you, you see you know a character like P.T. Barnum, this selfish, kind of self-aggrandizing man who, as it turned out in the end, it looked like, hey, you know, maybe he was using people to... Yeah, there's a weird, there's a weird mixture of having a good heart in the right attitude that is somehow just so almost deviously mixed in with this shrewd businessman. Yes. Sometimes you're like, oh, good guy, P.T. Barnum. And then you're like, who are you? (laughs) (sighs) Yes. But then he has this moment, and I think it really is transformative to his character and for the story. It's kind of the climax of the movie, and it just gives him a new perspective is such a weak word to use, but it gives him a new <laughs> lease on life. Yeah. And it can do the same for Christians as it did for Barnum and for Paul, mm-hmm. both. If only, of course, we can allow the Holy Spirit to help us see that the loss of all things can be counted as gain. Yeah. Because we definitely need his help to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Or at least I do. It I is know that. desperately challenging, I think, to hear that, let alone to go through it. Yes, which, again, I suppose is a reminder. It's like, well, yeah, like in our own strength, we cannot. Right. Like if you turn off this podcast and think, I'm going to go do that. Oh, good luck, buddy. You got a you're surprise gonna, coming? Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. It is only through the, the help of the Spirit. Like in the book of Genesis, when the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the chaotic waters, he has Ooh, to come and good reference. bring order to it, bring peace and mm. calm in the midst of that chaos. Bang. So yeah. Yeah, it's a full that's a good one. It's not really full circle because we, we haven't mentioned Genesis or anything. <laughs> We're not like at the end right. or anything, you know. It's just, I just like saying that. Yeah. Feeling accomplished like mm. that. We, we just tell ourselves we've come full circle. Yes. Hey, if, <laughs> if Barnum had done that, we wouldn't have the same story. Woo! You know? No, no. No. See, that was a full circle, <laughs> Josiah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that moment, I, I think that's my favorite moment in the movie. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know if anything could possibly compete, so. Yeah, <laughs> it is, you know, the whole story was was heading up to that moment. Yes. So it was really good. It is definitely the capstone. It is. It's just such a good movie. Mm, I'm glad we get to talk about that scene, yeah. especially. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it. That's well all. worth it. Yeah, it really is. Well, unfortunately, it's not rentable at this exact moment. You'd have to yeah, buy it. Yeah, it isn't. But if you're on Amazon Prime, you can get a seven-day free trial of Cinemax, which will allow you to watch it for free if you cancel that trial before the seven days are up, because that's what I did. Yeah. Listen, free trials are... I've probably used almost every single one available through Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I can never go back to any of those channels ever again. This is the way to be. Yeah. Of course, and it also goes without saying, this is just kind of an addendum, that The Greatest Showman is obviously a highly fictionalized retelling of the story oh, of P.T. Yeah. Barnum. It's kind of inspired by circus events. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, P.T. Barnum was obviously a real man, and yeah. many of the characters represented were real. Yeah. Many of them, but obviously. Real life is yeah. not always that yeah. beautiful. You're not always singing the songs and having those kind of moments. Interesting and, thing, though. Mm-hmm. This movie was nine years in the making. It was, wasn't it? And Hugh Jackman has been attached to it from the start. This was his dream project, which I think is so adorable. It is. That's just precious to me. And yeah. um, they almost didn't get the funding for it. Like, studios didn't want to take a chance on an original musical, especially when all of this music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was the song they wrote on the two-hour plane ride to the meeting where 20th Century Fox is like, okay, that song, we're convinced, let's do it. That is <laughs> What crazy. a stroke of fate. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Mm, so good. Yes. So good. Well, that concludes this episode. Yeah. If you have any questions about The Greatest Showman or the Church of the Movie series or any other unrelated miscellaneous questions, you can shoot those to podcast at horizonschurch.net. Or you can find us on social media. And if you're helped and you enjoy this content, please, please, just give us 
honest. Honest. Five-star review. As we, we like want... to say around here. Yeah. It's the only kind of honest. It's the only kind of five. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the first time I pulled that joke out, but I really liked my own joke. <laughs> so it's back. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all for listening. As always, we're always happy to share this 20-minute segment with you, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.